Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome once again to History Weaves. I am Tim. And today we have a pretty interesting topic. It's a mystery. I love a mystery, don't you, Colonel? Oh, I love a good mystery, Timmy. I'm, I, I, and actually, that's why I like you, Timmy, because you're a man of mystery. I am. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate that. Now, one of the mysteries that probably uh, crossed our listeners' mind is that um, they're probably wondering where you know that other person is. Well, you know, I bet one of the mysteries on their mind more than that. Is why we even keep the woman on the show. Well, that's true, because as you know, Brandy is usually, uh, you know, this this is like the second time in the last month that she has blown off a podcast. Yeah, she does. This is her busy time of the year because, you know, as being a Satanist, she is. She is. So what does she have to do this time of year? Well, there's, you know, Reagan, Reagan and Clinton, they started the war on drugs. Right. Uh, the devil's out declared she's waging war on Christmas, Timmy. Yes. Because she, what she's afraid of. Now, what do you get with Christmas? Where you get gifts. Christmas to me means joy, yeah. happiness, yeah, uh, laughter. Family, love. Family, love. All the things the devil hates. Yeah. All the things the devil just can't tolerate. So she's out being, uh, she's out trying to destroy Christmas for everyone. Well, she's just out seeking joy, hunting it down, and killing it, yeah, Timmy. Yeah, That's yeah. what she's doing. So Brandy won't be joining us today, but uh, so it will just be me and my colleague, who is the most dangerous man in podcasting, the very honorable Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Doing wonderful today, Timmy. You, you know, you, you seem uh, uh, you seem happier when when you know who's not around. Well, because there, she got a black aura, Timmy. You know, I spent a lot <laughs> it's of time. Kind of a funk. I spent a lot of time down in New Orleans, right? And uh, and, and around the voodoo people, yeah. And, and I <clears throat> I learned about that stuff. And a woman got a black aura about her. Yeah, and it just permeates into everything that's around her. So we better enjoy this podcast because she's going to be back for the next one. So let's yeah. en- let's enjoy this. It one won't be as interesting. No, it won't be. And it, and you're right. There is, she does bring with her a sense of uh, of evil, mm-hmm. of something unworldly about her. I don't know um, how you describe it, but uh, you know, you know what it is to me. You know how like in the movies, the guy walks around. He's a werewolf. He's a uh, vampire. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And people were like, "Oh, he's the nicest guy. He, he you know, keeps his lawn up or whatever." Mm-hmm. But he walked past the dog, and the dog don't like him at all. Right? The dog, right? Dogs can always tell. Yeah, you know, you know, if the devil ever came over to my house, Rudy 
bite right on he your would ass. Go, he would go mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, so, Colonel, uh, before <clears throat> we get into this really interesting story, do you have any uh, shout-outs? Oh, we got a bunch of shout-outs. We got, we got, of course, the usuals, uh, Celine, um, Canute, um, Casey, of course. Um, now we have Tara. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got some new listeners. Yeah, Allie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allie's Mary been with us for a couple. Mary weeks. Ray, um, John, yeah. John, and Lisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Nikki, uh, Trish. Um, we we really do appreciate the comments you leave on the page. Yes, we um, really. It, it kind of gives us an idea of what people like, what people you know, what what people find entertaining. It motivates us as well. It does. It, it keeps us you know because now, I, as you all know. Um, I do not get paid for this. Um, That's surprising to me, actually. Well, you know, Mammoth Erections, every once in a while, <laughs> cuss me a check. But, right. um, but I'm the spokesman but for them. Than, but, but other uh, than that. Um, yeah, better. other than being the spokesman for, for Mammoth Erections, and if you ever need your scaffolding done, they can do it for you. But um, what, and, it? and things are turning around on the personal assistant front, Timmy. Oh, really? You've been. I know you've been asking for a personal assistant. We still don't have the money for one, but so well, what's going on? Here's what we have. And, and you know Lady Beverly, I'm pretty sure she's royalty over in England. Oh, yeah, she is. Uh, yeah. She lets me call her Lady Beverly, but I'm pretty sure it's Duchess Beverly. Or it might even be Princess Be- Beverly. I don't know. Yeah, she's pretty um, high up there. She the, is pretty high up there in the pecking order. Yeah. Um, but she, now you know people that like that. They're always, uh, you know, like Lady Di had the landmine thing. Mm-hmm. So they're always out in the community trying do, to do doing good, good work. Do, doing good work. And, and Lady Beverly said she was going to be my personal assistant. Wow. Yeah. But I can't let her do it, Timmy. Why is that? Because I will expose the purity of Be- Lady Beverly to the devil. Oh, yeah. I can't have true. that. Do, that's true. So I, I I would love to have Lady Beverly. But you don't want you don't want to take <clears throat> a risk that she will. I don't want her to be soiled by the devil. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You you're right. You have to have someone already soiled. Yeah. You you're looking really for. I need a personal devil. Yeah, yeah. You need someone who can combat that uh, source of evil. I need exorcism, man. Yeah. Is what we need. We really do. We maybe do a uh, podcast where we bring in uh, a priest that can kind of do that. Yeah. yeah. Some holy water. Watch yeah. the devil dance. Yeah. See her head turn around. And mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah. Thank you for all the folks who've left comments, especially Nikki. Nikki left one for iTunes, which we really love. Uh, anytime we can get an iTunes um, comment or review, uh, it helps other people find us. So, thank you, Nikki, for that. A couple of shout outs to. Um, our friends in the podcasting world, uh, the, to the cast of Thinking Sideways, uh, we had had a nice little. I've note. been, you know, I, Timmy. I don't mean to jump in mm-hmm. here, but I got a, I got a treadmill. Yeah, and uh, and I uh, downloaded a couple of their shows. Yeah, and put it on my podcast, and I listen to them while I'm on the treadmill. Oh yeah, you like them? And I do actually. I, yeah, they're really I, I really good. do. They uh, they're. I you know we're similar but different and uh, I think they might be smarter than us. I mean. <laughs> They're certainly more polished than we are. That's yeah. for sure. But we got I got a nice uh, note. I think it was from um, I think it might have been from Joe. It may have been from Steve. But uh, anyway. Um, they're a very nice um, exchange email with them. I uh, over the holiday they are 
it's a great show, and I love listening to it. So if if y'all out there like podcasts, check out Thinking Sideways. The yeah, podcast. it is it is a good one. Yeah, I, they focus more on mysteries more mm-hmm. than we do. Um, we fo- I don't know what we focus on. We're something different every week. But we got serial we we got serial killer. Yeah, we got. I'm telling you. Well, see. When you know who is here, we have to serial. She killers. likes to talk yeah, about death yeah, and yeah. destruction she, she and does. mayhem and yeah. yeah. That's kind of her ballywhack. Yeah, when it's us, we, we, you and I tend to pursue more intellectual pursuits. Well, that's true. We? That's true. Well, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, like talk over her head and things. Well, know, yeah, that's, because that's, and, and, and that, that's a pretty low bar to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, let's stop ragging on Brandy. Uh, also, Scott, uh, you know, our friend Scott, who's done a couple of podcasts with us, a few podcasts with us, he has his own podcast now. It's called uh, Bastards of the Universe, and you can find that on uh, Podcast Garden. Yeah. Uh, he does commentary and comedy and stuff, so check it out. Scott's, a, Scott's an amazingly smart man. Yeah, he, he's and the podcast is pretty good. I've, I've listened to it. Um, uh, I think I've listened. I've caught up now. I was a little behind, but I got caught up on that. Caught up on thinking sideways. So, um, you know, so if you after you've listened to all of our podcasts, you have our permission to listen to our friends and thinking sideways and Scott, bastards of the universe. Okay, let's go on then to um, the story, and this is a. Um, Interesting story, Colonel. Don't you? Don't you think? It's fascinating. I think, Timmy. Yeah, uh, it's the story of Bobby Dunbar, and um, as you remember, Colonel, back in 1932, when you were a young lad, um, I was just a baby. You just a baby, but um, as you know, um, uh, Lindbergh's baby was kidnapped. Charles Lindbergh. The uh, aviator. Mm-hmm. His child was ca- uh, kidnapped in 1932 and, and was later found dead. And it was a sensation, right? It was, you know, oh, it was yeah. in all the papers. Uh, it was, you know, it was a national sensation. Um, and prior to the Lindbergh kidnapping, um, the big kidnapping of the century in, a, in the 20th century occurred 20 years earlier, and it was the kidnapping of the day's topic, Bobby Dunbar. Bobby Dunbar was a little guy. He was four years old when he disappeared um, in 1912. Um, there was a eight-month nationwide search for young Bobby Dunbar, uh, and they found him uh, with a man by the name of William Walters. I hope there's no relation to you, Colonel. No, he ain't, no, he ain't related to me at all. The Walters don't do such seedly stuff. <laughs> so anyway, they found him with a man who they presumed kidnapped the young lad. And we're going to talk about that because there's some interesting twists and turns in this story. Some interesting people, too, in this yeah, thing. It is. It is. Um, so Bobby Dunbar was the first son born to Leslie and Percy Dunbar in, uh, how do I pronounce that town again? Opelousas. Opelousas, Louisiana. And for those of you who are from outside the United States, Opelousas, Louisiana. Louisiana is located in the southwest part of the United States. Um, it's famous for, you know, New Orleans is, of course, um, I think that's the capital of Louisiana, isn't it? Uh, Baton Rouge. Is. Baton Rouge, but New Orleans is the largest city. Um, and uh, it's famous for swampland, alligators, and, um, you know, the uh, Cajun culture, right? Yeah, the Cajuns come from there, and uh, the colonel's the colonel ancestors um, 
uh, of some Cajun descent. Okay. Okay. So you can relate to this. Mm -hmm. So in August 1912, Leslie and Percy, Leslie was the mom, Percy was the father, took their young son, Bobby Dunbar, on a fishing trip to Swayze Lake, which is in St. Landry Parish, in Louisiana. That's where uh, Patrick Swayze come from. I don't think that's true, but, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. The name is uh, the same. Yeah, it's an unusual lake. Yeah. And it, we, we call it a lake. It's called a lake, but it's actually more of a swampland. You know, uh, it, it's kind of um, uh, located in a dark forestry area, and there's a lot of... Um, you know, it's a it's surrounded by swamp and yeah. uh, infested by alligators, gators, and uh, yeah. all kinds of critters back in those places. Gators and yeah. and you know what the worst thing back there is the water moccasins. Oh yeah, there's some dangerous some bitches back there. Tonight. Probably leeches and all kind of. All oh, kind there's of stuff leeches back there. Yeah, there's back there. I believe the devil have a vacation home. Back there. <laughs> she might. <laughs> so on August twenty third, nineteen twelve, they went on this trip, the family, and little Bobby, four years old, he wandered off, and he disappeared. Four-year-olds will want to do that to me. Yeah, they tend to want to wander off. Well, he wandered off, and so they, they went to look for young Bobby, and they, all they could find was a muddy footprint near a train trestle that ran over part of the swamp. Uh, police were called. They got involved. Local authorities, the sheriff department, all the local authorities got involved. After an eight-month search, no sign of little Bobby. Of course, this just devastated the Dunbar family. But after eight months, authorities located young Bobby with a man by the name of William Cantrell Walters, who was a handyman, kind of a, a peddler, a, you know, traveling salesman type who would go into towns and, and uh, you know, offer to do home repair, repair organs, tune organs, tune pianos, whatever. Just, you know, kind of town-to-town type of thing. Which is, and he had to compete with a lot of all the women who was wanting to tune organs and fix <laughs> organs. Yeah. And- yeah, I, I ran into two of them, two organ fixers, on the way down to get my lunch today, going down to Finley Market. There yeah, they're of, everywhere, man. Yeah. They're everywhere. Especially on Backpage, there seems to be a lot of organ Yeah, they fix it. They tune up your organ for yeah. you. So anyway, this this uh, Mr. Walters, William Walters, we're going town to town, and he had this little boy with him, a little four-year-old, that matched the description of the missing Bobby Dunbar. Now, Walters claim when the police approached him, that the boy was actually Charles Bruce Anderson, or as they called him, Bruce, Bruce Anderson, and he was the son of a woman who worked for his, uh, Mr. Walter's family in North Carolina, and uh, the boy was just traveling along with him to take a a little trip as he went on his, his, you know, his, uh, doing his uh, traveling selling. And um, that this boy was uh, Bruce Anderson, and he was from North Carolina, and the mother's name was Julia Anderson, and that she had uh, willingly granted him uh, permission uh, to travel with this young lad. 
Okay, so nonetheless, the authorities did not, you know, they did not buy that story. They weren't buying that. that no. <clears throat> and it's a little peculiar that you just let your four-year-old boy travel with a traveling. Yeah. He it, wasn't even a full of brush salesman. Right. He didn't even reach that level. Right. It is a little unusual, and it would mm-hmm. be very creepy today. Um, but we'll get into the, some of the reasons why this doesn't appear as it seems later on. But anyway, uh, Mr. Walters was arrested, and uh, the family of uh, the authorities sent for the Dunbars to come to Mississippi. They arrested him in Mississippi, and they um, contacted the Dunbars in Louisiana to take a train up and come to Mississippi and identify the boy, okay? Now, so this was, again, you know, this was a huge story throughout Mm. the U.S. So a lot of the newspapers, you know, the paparazzi was there, the newspapers, reporters, everything was, you know, this was a big deal. And they were all at uh, this house where this boy was being kept in Mississippi, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So the parents, um, Mr. and Mrs. Dunbar, Leslie and Percy, they come up from Louisiana to Mississippi to come up and to identify to see if this is their son. Now, here's where this story gets weird, because newspaper accounts, they're all over the place in terms of this story, and not only in this instance, but as we go on through this, they're all over the place. Some newspaper accounts they differ in what they the, you know they differ in what, how they report this thing. Some newspaper accounts that when uh, Mrs. Dunbar was shown you know was taken to it was at nighttime when they arrived. They, you know they marched mm-hmm. past all these reporters outside, go into the home where this young boy was being kept. Some of the newspapers say the boy immediately shouted, "Mother!" upon seeing her, and then ran to embrace her, wrapped his arms around her, and started to cry. Mm -hmm. Others have said the boy did start to cry um, because he was scared and he did not recognize Leslie Dunbar as his mother. And Leslie Dunbar was unsure whether or not this was actually her (laughs) son. So, I mean, you know, it's been eight months, but I mean, how long, you know, I was talking he, to... I was he talk- looked familiar to me. Uh, well, I was talking to Brandy earlier, uh, you know, I knew she couldn't be here today to do this podcast, but we were talking about the story earlier, and she, and, you know, Brandy has a four-year-old, mm-hmm. and I said, would you know your son if he, if he disappeared for eight months? And she insists that she would know him no matter what, and she can't understand why this woman didn't recognize him right away. But anyway... So you have these conflicting newspaper accounts. Now, you know, we'll talk about what our beliefs are later, but to me, I think in some some of this is hyped up by the newspapers. It's I the mean, mainstream media, Timmy. Yeah, yeah it must be. Um, but anyway, whatever the case, the second day, the mother comes. That was at nighttime. So the mother comes and gives the boy a bath on uh, the next day, and she recognizes... Some moles on on young uh, this young boy. We don't know if this young boy is Bruce or Bobby at this point, but she's pretty certain after she gives the young man a bath that yes, this is her son. Okay, so um, all right. So also her her other son was there, Alonzo, which would have mm-hmm. been Bobby's brother. <clears throat> 
uh, showed up. And there were, uh, again, uh, reports that, you know, the boy hugged and kissed his brother, uh, called him by name. And there's reports that the kid was like, you know, who the hell is this? Who the hell is this? (laughs) Exactly. Why is he playing with my toys? Yeah. So anyway, um, they take the boy back to, where is this? What is town? Opelousa. Opelousa. He take, they take the boy back and they have this big parade for him, right? Because he's been missing. Mm, yeah, he's been saved. And he's been saved, exactly. And it was a big, you know, as much fanfare. They put him on a fire truck and drove him through the center of town. Now, all the people in the town and the surrounding areas came out to celebrate this wonderful homecoming, right? <sighs> if only life was so simple. Yeah. Well. And if that was the case, our story would pretty much be over. But it's not. We would never have done the story. We would never have done the story because, quite frankly, it would have been boring. boring. Yeah. So shortly after, uh, thereafter, um, Julia Anderson, remember her? Julia Anderson was the mother. Supposed to be the original mother. Of young Bruce. Yeah, with the traveling salesman. Who was, exactly, who gave permission to uh, uh, Mr. Walters to uh, take her son on this trip with him. Well, she comes from North Carolina. Now, she is a, by all reports, a very nice lady, but she has, she's very, you know, she's poor. She has had been working as a, a, a you know, a, a servant or a domestic helper or whatever. She doesn't have a lot of money. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, she's in the middle of this story. She want, you know, her son is missing, right? To her, anyway, she's claiming that this little boy is not Bobby Dunbar, but her son, but Bruce. Her son. And yeah. the, the traveling salesman had been yeah. wrongly the, accused. Exactly. Now, she did say that she gave Walters permission to take the son for a couple of days, but he he went, he went was a little um, delinquent yeah. in returning the son. But yeah, Like a library book. I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got some great, you should have a great yeah, spirit. Yeah, have a great spirit. But... Um, Obviously, you know, she was heartbroken. She, or, you know, she was missing her son just as Miss Dunbar was missing hers. So they had that in common. But anyway, she shows up, arrives from North Carolina. And uh, again, you know, she's not a woman of means. So that was, you know, it wasn't easy for her to get to Louisiana. I think a newspaper may have uh, put up uh, her fare or something to bring her down there. Mm-hmm. But when she arrived, she was there to arrive to support Mr. Walters, who this time been arrested for kidnapping. He about to go on trial. He, he was. <clears throat> uh, and she claimed, as, as you said, that uh, this little boy was, in fact, her son, Bruce. Now, she was unmarried. And as I said, she worked, you know, kind of as a domestic helper. She w- didn't, uh, you know, she, she had a kind of a rough background. She had a spotty background at best. Well, you know, this period of time to be an unwed mother... Was you know was something that was frowned upon. It was the early twentieth century. Well, it should be frowned upon today. It's immoral, Timmy. <laughs> well, you I young don't. women out there, you <clears throat> you wait to marriage. That's what the colonel says. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you know they they might argue that uh, men play an equal role in that, but you know, I just well, I just have to take play Brandy's part. You're playing the devil's advocate, exactly. Well, I can see that, but I uh, but. But I, I'm just telling you, young ladies, men is no good. You know, 17, yeah. 18, teenage boys and young men. And don't smile at them. They're in contention. Don't smile at them. They shoot you. We learned that from the last <laughs> podcast. 
That's right. Don't but uh, their intentions are never good. Yeah, guys are um, always trying to get in your pants. So yeah. fair warning. And they fair will warning. tell you they love you. We'll tell because you I, I mean, and then Timmy, how many times you had a woman tell you, "I love you, Timmy," just because they want to? They they're trying to get you yeah. to do carnal things. Yeah, trying trying to get you to do things that you you shouldn't be doing. But anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, with uh, Julie Anderson, she was an unwed mother. Um, she had, I mean, it was a very tragic year for her. She had lost one child, had died, um, and during this year, and then now this other child had, um, been, you know, uh, you know, is missing, right? Um, and in her mind, her child was kidnapped, right? Because, she, you know, Bruce was not there and he was with this other right. family. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and she, as I said, she, she wasn't a woman of means. Uh, she didn't have a lot of, of financial uh, support. So, um, she said that she allowed Walters to take her son. She said it was supposed to be a two-day trip uh, to one of Walters' relatives, where he was going to visit some relatives. And uh, she had not consented for him to take her son no more than a few days. Okay. Now, according, she, she arrives in Louisiana, where... Bobby Dunbar is at this point, or Bruce. A you know, I'm going to keep referring to him as Bobby for now. Okay. Yeah. So according to newspaper accounts, she was presented with five different boys who were approximately the same age as her son. It was like a lineup. Uh, like a lineup. They went down to the orphanage. Well, I don't know. I don't kids. know where they. They took her in somewhere, and they had five kids, including. The boy that had been claimed by the Dunbars. Well, Bobby. I was just thinking orphanage would probably be the best place to find five kids. Maybe. But anyway, when the boy in question was presented, now there's here again differing accounts. Some newspapers said that she gave no indication that he, that she, you know, that uh, she recognized her son or he recognized her. And other accounts say that um, she. You know, told the person present, the, the the police or whoever was present, like, is that you know, it, it's it's. Him. This He's, had to be the most plain, boring, nondescript little some bitch ever been born. <laughs> Ain't nobody recognized the boy. The poor guy. That's I mean, look, you know, I got my boys. I had the twins, so I'd be able to tell them. I got Logan, the boy, when he was little, had this, uh, a head the size of a bowling ball. <laughs> I mean, ain't no mistake in Logan for anybody. I, I'm telling you. No Two one, years could have passed. I could have told you, Logan, you know, yeah. Logan, Logan, when he was little, had some big-ass teeth. We used, you know, well, he'd take I, down the whole forest. And, well, again, the, you know, the accounts differ, right? Because some say that she kind of knew that this was the child. Others say, you know, she was, like, kind of leaning toward this child but wasn't certain. But anyway, it was at nighttime when she saw him, so we'll give her that. On the second day, she asked to have another chance. And when she looked at the boy, the second, the boys, all five of them the second day, she picked out young Bobby Mm -hmm. and said that that was indeed her son, Bruce. But by this time, the press had already got a hold of the fact that she could not had, she did not properly identify him the day before. Yeah. So now... The newspaper started running with this, and they was questioning her moral character. Again, she was a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she'd had about she had, 35 no, kids, wouldn't No, no. She had three kids, and two of them had died. And this one of them had died, just had recently died before Bobby disappeared or Bruce disappeared. And keep going back and forth on this. So they really did not... Um, they did not listen to her. You know, they, they dismissed yeah. her as being part of the... Uh, 
trying to just get off to get this guy out of the um, you know the kidnapping charge, right? So she didn't have any money to go to court, so she was kind of without any hope. Um, and she didn't really have nothing to go back to in North Carolina. Um, she just, uh, you know, her kids were all gone. Um, she didn't have no family. So she just settled in Mississippi. And the people in Mississippi kind of took her in and um, uh, made her part of their community. So um, that's where she stayed. And we'll get to her a little bit later on. Meanwhile, um, Walters, as we mentioned, the traveling salesman, mm-hmm. the peddler, I guess they call him. I remember peddlers when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. He was he goes on trial for kidnapping, right? And um, Anderson, Julia Anderson, the mother, uh, Bruce testifies in court that um, you know that was indeed her son and not Bobby Dunbar, and she you know goes through the same testimony. Not only does she testify, but she has people. There's people in North Carolina who knew her in North Carolina in her community. And they knew she had a son named Bruce. They knew Walters. They knew you know he had taken this child around. Now, according to Walters, why he took this kid around? A couple of reasons. Uh, one, he said that the, you know the mother was having a hard time financially and mm-hmm. was hard time you know feeding you know keeping her. A little boy fed, so he was trying to you know kind of helping out financially. That's one of the reasons he gave. The other reasons he cite the other reason he. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Decided was that as a traveling salesman, often he would be out in the middle of nowhere as it got to be evening time. Mm-hmm. And it, traveling alone, people were not very welcoming to him. Right. But if he had a child with him and he'd asked to be put he up. He was pimping the boy. <laughs> well, he would be asked to be put up for the night. Yeah. And he would do wild jobs around the house mm-hmm. to pay for his supper and to pay for the lodging. And he said with the little boy with him, he would never be turned away. Uh, that people, you know, the women would see that little boy and just want to hug him and and they would be less defensive about this, you know, stranger walking up to their uh, door. Oh, and I can tell you, Timmy, you know, you know, I had the twins, mm-hmm. and when they was little boys and babies, and, and especially when they became toddlers, mm-hmm. the colonel, the happiest time of the colonel's life, I used to take the boys to the park, mm-hmm. and it was just me. I'd leave the leave the missus at home, mm-hmm. and these women would see these twins, and they see me with the twins, and. It was, they were like, a babe magnet. Oh, you know, and I used to, you know, and, and, and I've reformed and I regret some of the things I did. But, 
you know, I tell the woman, oh, yeah, I'm a single father. I'm trying to raise <laughs> these boys the best I can. Lost my wife in the war. It was a, uh, yeah, she was, a, it was an alligator accident. It was, you know, but. Uh, Meanwhile, Renee's at home. Yeah, she's at home. Cleaning you know, and cooking. Taking care of the other little one, Logan. Right. And, uh, but, and yeah, yeah. Ain't no, but ain't nothing to get you in a woman's heart quicker than, uh, you know, yeah, the, well, they say diamonds are a woman's best friend to me. No, 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 no. You take a little kid or a puppy up to him, yeah. and you got him one over. Well, that's what uh, Walters claimed, and that's what he did. Um, and that's, you know, that's the reason why he gave for taking this little boy. Now, uh, Julia said the little boy really took to Walters and, and uh, you know, really liked him and um, kind of thought of him as an uncle and that um, she just thought he was going to be gone a, a day or two, and that's why she consented to it. But anyway... She uh, testified in his behalf. They had over 20 neighbors uh, in the community there, not only in North Carolina, but in other places that knew Julia, knew that she had this child. They they, they either testified or they they, uh, submitted depositions that this child was indeed uh, Bruce Anderson, Mm -hmm. not Bobby Dunbar. Okay? So... um, this trial takes place. William Waters. <coughs> it takes place in a place called Poplarville, yeah. Mississippi, and that's that's where uh, Julia ends up staying. I mentioned she stayed in Mississippi. That's where she ends up staying because she really didn't have nothing to go back to. But this takes place, and um, despite all this testimony to the fact, well, and that, and the fact that in Poplarville, um, Walters had been there with the boy quite a bit. Yeah, and people had seen people him. People knew him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, despite the fact that um, they got all these witnesses claiming that this child is Bruce Anderson, um, Walters is convicted of kidnapping, and the boy is remains in the custody of the Dunbar family, and pretty much lives out his life as, as Bob, Bobby Dunbar. Bobby Dunbar. And now we're going to talk about what happens after <clears throat> the trial. Well, after the trial, Mr. Walters, now, he had to serve two years of the prison term for kidnapping. Yeah, and uh, I read, uh, this is interesting, and it's not in their script, but I'll, I'll tell you about it. Um, uh, the American Life on NPR, mm-hmm. they did a story about this in 2008. It's fascinating. You get a chance to listen to it. But they um, they had a letter that um, Walters wrote after he was convicted. Mm-hmm. He wrote to the Dunbars. And he basically said, you know, look, I'm, I'm going to go to prison or I'm going to be lynched over yeah. this. And if you don't speak up, now at some level you have to think mm-hmm. that family knew that this child was not theirs. Yeah. Um, now, whether or not it was unsaid or whether, you know, whether or not they are just like trying to replace a kitten or something. Right. Whatever. But um, Walters wrote a letter saying, if you don't speak up. I may be lynched, yeah. and then you're going to be feel guilty the rest of your life for letting mm-hmm. an innocent man die. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, Colonel. No, it's just he served two years, and his, his attorney um, appealed the conviction. He was granted the right to a new trial. Now the uh, county decided they didn't want to try him. Just they they were citing excessive costs and everything else. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Like, are right, you going? We're, we're not going to try you for kidnapping. Yeah. it costs too much. Yeah, it costs too much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, turn him loose. So they released him, and he continued to move around quite a bit. Uh, a lot of sources say he died sometime in the 30s. Um, nobody really knows where or when he died. Now, 
The grandchildren of his, of his brother reported that during their childhood, he used to visit their grandfather a few times a year, and when he did, he often spoke of that kidnapping charge, and he always maintained his innocence. Yeah, and like I said, he explained to them um, that... You know, he was just taking the, the boy around basically to get, make sure he you know get a place to stay at night. Yeah, and he, he he you know he was fond of the little boy. And in the letter that I mentioned that he wrote to the Dunbars, mm-hmm. he said pretty much, uh, you know, since this has come out the way it has, you know, at least love him, take good care of him. So I mean, he he seemed to be generally concerned about about the child. So anyway, Julia Anderson now. Um she she stayed on in Poplarville. She began a new life there. She got married, had seven seven children. Yeah, she had a big um, family. And as uh, as uh, women with spotty pasts are wont to do, she became a devout Christian. Good for she her. She found the Lord. She found the church. Uh, she became a nurse and a, a midwife. Yeah, and, uh, she became so very she, well. She landed on her feet after this. Yeah, she did. In, in fact, she probably come out better than anybody in the whole story. Yeah, because yeah. well, I mean, minus the fact that she lost her son. Yeah, but she, she had seven kids though. I mean, she, she, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, she I, you still, you, you probably still, you know, number yeah. eight. There, you probably still thinking about. It. But but seriously, she she you know, as I said, she didn't really have anything back in North Carolina, and this community took her in. And she gave back to the community. She became a nurse, a midwife. She took care of the community. Um, she became, you know, not only a member of the church, she helped, I think she helped found the church there in Poplarville. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she became a very uh, important part of that community, a community that took her in where she really didn't have any place to go. Yeah, so she, although she did have a happy life, you know, she, she, was, she was always kind of stung by losing a son. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine? I mean, you, you lose a son, a child to death. I mean, that has to be very tragic and something you never get over. But you ever have one that somebody just took from you? And you know that they're alive. And they're, yeah. and, and they're probably, mm-hmm. I think it was like 200 miles from this place is where the Yeah, they weren't far away at yeah, all. Right. And uh, now what happens in 1932 is you have the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. Right. And that rekindled interest in this. Um, and... In 2008, one of Anderson's sons, Hollis, he recounted a story for the American Life that in 1944, Bobby Dunbar, Bruce Anderson, whatever you want to call him, visited him at his place of business where they talked. Now, this is this is Julia Anderson's son. This is Julia Anderson's son, Hollis. Right. So that would have been his uncle. uh, Or no, his cousin. uh, No, it would have been his brother. Yeah, Julia, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ju- it would have been his brother. Yeah, this, Julius. You get uh, down south, man. These yeah, relatives. Julius Anderson's confusing. son, other son, Hollis, who yeah. had been younger than Bobby, um, said that uh, in 1944, and I'll just kind of, uh, you don't mind, Colonel? Just no, go ahead. No, go he ahead. He said that he was he was working, I believe, in a, like a store or a, 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 a service station, mm-hmm. and someone came by, and he asked a lot of questions. And uh, it wasn't until he left that he kind of put two and two together that this was, in fact, Bobby, Bobby yeah. or Bruce. Or Bruce. And uh, same thing with his sister. Hollis had a sister, uh, Jules. It was a similar situation, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when the Dunbar family was told of this, they were skeptical. However... Um, Bobby Dunbar's son, um, Gerald, 
said that, um, you know, Bobby Dunbar, he said that they, they had come mm-hmm. into Cincinnati for some kind of event. I don't know if it was a funeral or a wedding or something. And they were driving back down south. And he said it was in the early, he said he thought it was in the early 60s. And they were driving through Mississippi. And Bobby Dunbar said, you know, that, those were, this, these, in this town here is where the folks yeah. that uh, they took me from. That's, yeah. And so he said, should I stop and say hi? And they said, you know, do what you need to do. And so they confirmed basically that this happened. This mm-hmm. It wasn't just Anderson's making it up. Right. He actually, at least in, partly, reached out to them. To the, right. Yeah. So obviously he had some doubts himself if this was really his parents. And I should point yeah. out... The Leslie and Percy divorced shortly, I mean, like five years after this kidnapping. Yeah, that was kind of a... Yeah, the family kind of uh, fell apart anyway, but uh, or, or at least that marriage fell apart. I'm sorry, Colonel, go ahead. No, no, that's you You covered that very well. Um, what, now, where it gets really interesting, and, and here's the big picture. We got Bobby Dunbar. We right. know Bobby Dunbar. For sure, last place we seen him was at Swayze Lake, right? Right. And then... This boy shows up. Is he Bobby Dunbar? We don't know. You know, right? Um, that's what started all this. So years after his death, after Bobby Dunbar's death, one of his granddaughters, Margaret Dunbar, uh, Cutright, mm-hmm. she began to investigate the events herself, and she looked over newspaper accounts. She interviewed people. Um, she went to even went to Walter's defense attorney, who was still alive. And uh, and although she hoped to prove that her grandfather was that her grandfather was a Dunbar, her research started to um, make her question it. Yeah, and it made her question the conviction. So what she did is in 2004, uh, AP reporter approached the family about the story. Bob Dunbar Jr. So consented. Been, yeah, Bob Dunbar's son. Yes, yeah, Bob Dunbar's son. He agreed to undergo DNA test to just put this. To sleep, put this to bed once in a while, and 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 I should point out he had just he I, I heard him interviewed and he said that um, the son, mm-hmm. and he said that um, he had just had some um, heart problems. Yeah, so he just got he was you know he was in the hospital just recovering and he, and he thought when this reporter asked him he, his first inclination was to say no because. The family didn't want him to do it. Yeah. Most of the family didn't want him to do it. Well, they, they didn't want. They had everything to lose by this. Yeah, right? and they didn't want Margaret doing this research. Yeah. But she did it, as you said, to just verify that this this <clears throat> Try was to figure act- out what the hell was going on. Well, and, to, and she thought the conclusion would be that Bobby Dunbar was actually Bobby Dunbar. Right. right? And that her family was right. And Bobby Dunbar Jr. said, you know, I'm still here. They can do the DNA test on me. This will put this to bed once and for all. Yeah. So what happens? They do the DNA test. Mm -hmm. And what they find out was that uh, the son of Alonzo Dunbar and the younger brother of Bobby Sr. was in no way related to this child. Right. So they did the DNA test on the son of Alonzo, which was Bobby. It would have been Bobby's brother, real-life brother. Yeah. And they did it on the son of supposedly Bobby, you know, Bobby Dunbar, Bobby Dunbar Jr. Mm-hmm. And the DNA came back. There was no no connection. So this kid, Bobby Dunbar, he's camping in Swayze Lake. He wanders off. And, uh, in 1912. 1912. Shows up eight months later. They said, allegedly. Mm-hmm. But that kid that showed up later absolutely was not Bobby Dunbar. It was at that lake. Exactly. That everybody was fighting about, saying mm-hmm. he's my son, and it turns out that it looks like Anderson was right. That was her boy. 
Um, she had to live her life like that. Um, now, it did bring her a lot of joys to her family. You know, it was a vindication of her claims and everything else. And 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 it was an exoneration to the Walters family. Um, yeah, because of uh, the kidnapping charge. And, and, and while he's not related to you. Uh, many many false claims have been made upon about a Walters man, Timmy. It's, it's something we struggle with. A lot of true life. claims have been made about Walters as well. Well, some true, yeah. some yeah. And uh, so, so anyway, it's it's it. But she said that um, the woman who did the, all the investigation said it soon a lot of division within the family. Yeah, it made two happy families very happy. The Dunbar yeah. are the. The, Anderson, the Andersons and the Walters, but and, the Dunbars were not pleased at all. No, and um, I think that she said that some of them wouldn't talk to her. And uh, uh, and what more than likely happened to the boy was he got eaten by a gator. Yeah, I mean uh, the, the he, place was loaded with gators down at Swayze Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, a four-year-old boy, he's—I mean, he's just gator bait. That's all he is. And he was and, his, that footprint was, as I said, was found by a railroad trestle that went over the lake. Yeah. So he could have easily w- tried to walk that, just slipped, fell into mm-hmm. the, uh, fell into the swamp, and. But it were, yeah, if he would have, more than likely, what the boy did was drown. But mm-hmm. if he did drown, the gators would have ate him, I and mean, there would have been nobody. There would have been nobody. Yeah. Because they'll they'll break up bones. They'll do right. worse than a crema- crematorium will do on you. Yeah. But you, uh, yeah, you had, I mean, it's a it, it's a fascinating story, and in that, in that these people were so certain. And and I guess the loss of a child, you know, can be so traumatic. Well, as that it I can mentioned, make you not think clearly. Maybe. And what I mentioned earlier is that uh, these this couple, Leslie and Percy, they divorced about five years later. Well, and you never want to trust a man named Percy. <laughs> you know? Actually, he was accused of stabbing someone, but that's a whole different story. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, they were well to do. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. family uh, in what's the name of that town again? Opelousa. Opelousa. Uh, you know, the Dunbar family, even today, is well-known in that small community, and they have a lot of, you know, pull. And that was another thing that, you know, Julie Anderson was fighting. She was going down with, you know, she was just trying to get her son. She had no money, no no money yeah. for an attorney, and this family had everything going for it. But what happens generally, uh, Colonel, you know, when there's a, a child, uh, there's a death of a child, yeah. What does it do to a marriage usually? It destroys marriage. I mean, even if, you know, what happens is you have a boy, you have a four-year-old boy that wanted it off. Somebody was supposed to be keeping an eye on mm-hmm. you know, and, and whether, even if it was a brother or whatever, the mother going to blame the father, the father going to blame the mother. Or they're going to blame themselves. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's mm-hmm. a lot of guilt. They're blaming the other ones. They're blaming themselves. There's a lot of... Um, and it happens with, you know, a child killed in a car wreck, a, yeah. a child or, that gets a disease. A or child drowns gets, in a swimming pool, whatever. You know, the colonel been married for 29 years. Marriage is a trying thing on itself, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're married to Mrs. Colonel. Um, <laughs> she uh, she been she been a little testy lately. and Well, the thing I, I, I wonder about is at what level do the Dunbars, Leslie and... Percy, at some level, you have to think they knew that this was not their son. Well, I had to know because they, they, I have a I have a theory on this, and mm-hmm. I, my theory is, you know, that mothers and fathers are different, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, a mother loses a son, and I believe that this woman became just a tiny bit unhinged. Mm-hmm. 
And rather than saying, sweetheart, you're unhinged, Percy just went along with it yeah, and said, you know, well, he looks close enough, you know. So this young boy lived his whole life as Bobby Dunbar, but in reality, he was Bruce Anderson. Now, I've got a question for you. Now, the problem, reality is he probably lived a better life. He probably <clears throat> did live a better yeah. life, and he was probably able to get things given to him. That mm-hmm. I think I went at one of the relatives of uh, of the Anderson said he went from a wagon to an automobile, basically, because he was able to have a, a better yeah. life. But one of the questions that comes to my mind, and I still a little bit unresolved <clears throat> with this, here's, here's a thought, okay? We know the DNA test was conclusive, right? Mm-hmm. That this was not Bobby Dunbar, right? Who was he? That's the question, That's because the there was no, as far as I can tell, there's been no DNA testing to connecting to the Andersons. And the fact that Anderson, um, you know, the, the fact that Anderson had such a hard time identifying him and had to keep seeing him, and, and I don't mean this in a creepy way, she, she kept wanting to see him naked. And <laughs> but she wasn't saying ahead of time, you know, well, can you take his clothes off? He's yeah. got a big birthmark on his butt or whatnot. Right, right. Um, but she every time she she give him a bath and say, "Oh yeah, I'm certain that's him." Well, that was that was uh, Dunbar's love. That was a Dunbar lady. Didn't well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but but she, you know, there was there was you know people who said that she didn't recognize him at first. Yeah. So the question, you know, I, the, the what I would like to see, and I don't know how DNA testing works because they had to go through a certain line. They had to do. Bobby Dunbar Jr.'s DNA match it with his what would have been his supposed to have been his cousin DNA mm-hmm. through his father's line, right? Right. And there was no match. <clears throat> but there's nothing to say that they ever tested the the DNA on the Anderson side. And I don't know if that's because his Bobby or Bruce's Andersons. I don't know if the the father was out of the picture because she had him yeah. early on. I don't know if they if it has to go through that line to do that. To see if there's a match, or they could do the match through the mother's side. I don't know how DNA works, but my question is, what if he's neither? I mean, yeah. what if this is not, uh, but we know it's not Bobby Dunbar, but what if it's not Bruce Anderson? Who in the hell is it? Who was this kid? Uh, anyway, um, we're assuming that this is Bruce's Anderson. That's all we know. Yeah. Um, Bruce, uh, or Bobby, or Bruce, I guess. Who lived as Bobby died in 1966. Um, as we said, his, his son went along. His son um, actually, his son. It was his son's daughter. Margaret was Bobby Dunbar Jr.'s. So Margaret <clears throat> was the grandson of Bobby Dunbar, Bobby yeah. slash Bruce. So she's really you know, here's the other thing too. Now the, the Colonel, you know, and I know things are different. You you think some, but if somebody. As much as a pain in the ass as the boy is, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if I had my, my boy Logan mm-hmm. and somebody came in and said, you know what, no, that's my boy, I'm going to take him, I'd have put a damn bullet in the head. Right. I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, yeah. there's absolutely no way that's going to happen that somebody takes my child. Yeah. Now, they, they, I'd be wanted all over the country for kidnapping and whatnot, but, yeah. um, but I would not let my life be lived. With somebody coming in and taking one of my children from me. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, if it, if it certainly, if it. Now, if they wanted to take Taylor right now, (laughs) I might go with that. Throw in some cash. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'd have to throw in the cash in a first round pick. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it's a sad story, um, you know, because things did not go well for the Dunbars. I said this, they divorced um, shortly after this whole episode. Bobby Dunbar lived a pretty good life. Uh, he married and he had a, you know, he, he raised a family and was, by all accounts, a good uh, family man. Um, he was Bobby, of course, Bobby Dunbar's junior's father. And then um, he's the one, Bobby Jun- Barbie Dunbar Jr., uh, his daughter is Margaret. She's the one that did all the uh, searching. She became good friends with the Andersons before, uh, you know, they kind of share notes. She found him, I think, on uh, like uh, one of those. Um, Sites where you look up, you know, your family mm-hmm. tree, like, um, what's the, what's the, I forget the name. Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com, something yeah. like that. Ancestry.com. No, not Ancestry. Ancestry. In, in, down in West Virginia, it's Ancestry. Well, it com. might be there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, mm-hmm. interesting story. Um, the guy lived his whole life as Bobby Dunbar, and in fact, he was not, and we assume he's Bruce Anderson, because that would make sense, but what would be really creepy is if he turned out to be neither. But thought, Yeah. Uh, we um, don't know that. That's just an assumption on our, you know, we're just Well, and you would have thought the Dunbars being so, uh, you know, so the family being divided and it causing such a ruckus would have kind of demanded a DNA test from the Anderson side yeah. of the family. You would think. I guess the Dunbar family, uh, you know, there was, like you said, uh, Margaret, uh, who done this research, and her father uh, wrote. What happened is uh, she lost a brother in an airplane accident. Mm-hmm. And um, she was going through a grieving process, and her dad tried to help her get through it by giving her this all these pa- newspaper clippings. Mm-hmm. And she started doing this research as a way to kind of heal. Oh, okay. And um, thinking again that she was going to just find, you know, uh, she was going to verify that her father or her grandfather was actually Bobby Dunbar. But it turns out um, her research led her in another direction, and it, as you said, turned, you know, kind of turned. Her family, or at least some apart of her family, mm-hmm. against her. Um, but but you Anderson's, know how family is. They turn against you anyway. They <laughs> yeah, turn for whatever reason. For whatever reason. They're looking they, for reasons. But the Andersons were thrilled, you. and they have a, you know, a new relative that they didn't know. Of course, uh, Margaret is uh, related to the Andersons now. And, um, you know, the Waters family was happy that, they're, you know, they're, uh, that uh, he was uh, finally vindicated. Uh, he didn't really actually kidnap the young young boy. So... Kind of a strange story, not one we usually do, but kind of yeah. a good one. Kind of a cool one. It think? was kind of a cool one. Yeah, I kind of liked it, but, <clears throat> you know. And you might just like it because Brandy was Well, there. and you know what I was just thinking, Tim? It just seems like it was so professionally done. Uh, you're, so you're saying, like, we it, it, because me and you did it? We seemed like real podcasters, Tim. Yeah. It just seemed like something that was really, like, a true podcast. Yeah, because, you know, we don't play Candy Crush while we're on the Yeah, app. or eat whatever she's mm-hmm. doing. Uh, she has a lunch while she's, yeah. I mean, she comes in here. That cocaine, you know, snorting the cocaine off the snorting glass. Snorting the cocaine, the yeah. Thing. The whole thing. She got bookies calling her phone all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, where can people find us, Colonel? Well, people can find us. We are going to be presenting um, at this year's Academy Awards. We are not. Okay. Yeah. That fell through? Then? That fell through, yes. Okay. So they can find us on the Netflix. No, we're not on Netflix yet. We're not on Netflix no. yet? What's, what Where the hell can people What find the hell us? are people doing out here? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know for sure you can find us on iTunes. iTunes, we're um, there. Get on iTunes. Look up History Dewey. You can find us there. Yeah. Uh, subscribe and uh, leave us comments, please. Leave a, Absolutely. Leave us reviews. If you want to get um, us something for Christmas, don't send us money. Well, you can send us money. Mm-hmm. But if you can't send us money, 
leave a review, please, please leave a review. And you know you can, uh, and we'll have. Don't forget the contest we're having. Um, the first ten people that that put a picture of themselves on the page holding a sign saying "I love the Colonel." Yeah, gets an eight by ten glossy picture of the Colonel and a lifetime supply of pledge furniture polish. Well, that's not true about the pledge, but if someone okay. if someone puts their picture up holding a sign that says "I love the Colonel," we'll certainly send them a picture on. So you can do that on our Facebook page. On our Facebook Which page, just look at history, his, history dweebs. Yes, yeah, and uh, you can find us on Stitcher, Libsyn, yeah. if you want to really look hard. But the easiest way to find us, and we're, we're putting together right now. We're trying to get on the YouTube channel. Yeah, that, um, we're working that is that true. Out. We're trying to do. That. Um, and but then the problem um, is we're not very technologically advanced. But no, the problem is we're all we're an unmotivated group. Tim, first of all. Me and you, while we're technologically advanced, the devil over here, she's about as motivated as a rock. You well, know? she had she had her son Jacob, you know, create a um, a YouTube channel mm-hmm. for us, but we don't know. We don't we know, don't know how, how to access it. We don't <laughs> yeah. know how to put any files. Meanwhile, up there, her yeah. son is posting stuff and getting mm-hmm. like ten thousand views. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's actually pretty talented. Yeah, but, uh, he is. So we are going to try to get on YouTube. Uh, not not our. We're not going to do this on camera, but we'll have slides or something. We have no nude photos or something. Yeah, we all have faces uh, for podcasts. Yeah, to yeah, me. we're not. Um, we're not. The devil, she she a little more photogenic than the rest of us. She but. is, but you know, it's mis it's misleading because it's like you, you you know she's attractive. You look at her, but then you know you know that evilness is right behind. Well, eyes. see, that's what's so dangerous about her is because people that don't know her just see her and. Well, yeah, like, you and know, then they don't realize you're whole, you're swallowed up it's by like the evil. ship is going right toward the rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah and nobody mean? sees it. Yeah, you're the poor bastard up in the crow's nest, yeah. saying uh, yeah. uh, like the Titanic. Yeah, iceberg, iceberg, iceberg. And people ain't nobody paying no attention and, to you. And there she is, that iceberg out there. <laughs> she is to this podcast what the iceberg was to the to the Titanic. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, and the colonel in, up in the crow's nest yelling every week, but <laughs> nobody listening to him. Okay. So if you find us, if you want to, uh, the first five people to put a picture up saying, I love the colonel, mm-hmm. um, you get extra points if you put one up that says, I hate the devil. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get two pictures then. You get two pictures. Uh, you get a signed, autographed, 8x10 glossy picture of the colonel and his faithful sidekick, Rudy. Yes. So. Um, all right. So anything else, colonel? That's all I got for today, Tim, and I appreciate the viewers following us. Yes, and thank you all for listening, and we'll see you and next you time. And you have a good day. And have a good day. We'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Good, good day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.